What's up, everyone? New week, same us. It's Trent here, joined by Zach and Cole. Welcome back to another episode of Salad, the Advertising Podcast. Glad to have you back with us in studio today. Okay, maybe you're not in studio with us, but it's like we're in your car or in your your ears or your brain listening to us right now, and it's pretty cool. It's good to get close, get to know each other, and we're excited you're back. Um, we're going to talk about a few different things today. We've got a really cool thing that 72 and Sunny did with Matt. Match.com and Rebel Wilson, a really interesting spot from Arnold Worldwide and ESPN on um, the hardships that children face in youth sports. And um, yeah, we've got a couple other little cool things to talk about, too. Before we get into that, just want to say hi, Zach. Hi, Cole. How have you been? Man, I'm I'm tired today. Yeah. <laughs> it's a mel- it's a mellow Monday. I'm tired, but I'm doing well. I'm excited to to talk about these ads. They're off some pretty cool spots. So yeah. How about you, Cole? You know, I'm I'm doing pretty solid. I can't complain. Energized after a fun weekend, I must say. What uh, a fun weekend! Trent and I, we, uh, yeah, yeah. Trent and I went to a music festival this week, everyone. So nice. I saw experience. all the Instagram stories. I was super jealous. <laughs> exactly. Made me want to be out saw there some, even more. Saw some group love, all that good stuff. But uh, yeah, just got to rest up a little bit. Uh, but back to the grind today. I'm uh, so I've become tired. Yeah, yeah. The day has made me tired. To say <laughs> the least. <laughs> you hit Monday and you're like, oh, I can't make it to friday <laughs> and then somehow i was like well better just quit now <laughs> for the rest the of grind. our lives <laughs> i was like oh man it's more yeah exactly <laughs> uh. yeah i have to say cole i um i went for context i was out with cole and uh, his girlfriend skylar and a couple other people from his work and i i got breakfast with them the next morning and i got these desserts from this place called lunetta in santa monica and that I, the chocolate cake was so good. That was ridiculous. It was yeah, good. So was go, good. go, go back, and, go back and get it. <laughs> I'm about to run, a, run across and get some now. Um, so. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm still Wait, eating marshmallow and moon Oreos. Like another so one. Chocolate cake. Have <laughs> a box open next to me. That was going to be my alternative. Then. Admittedly, I tried to find some yesterday, oh, and I could not out. find them, Zach. So. You enjoy those. You enjoy it's those. It's like we never go I'll back to the moon. Them. Those will never come back to shelves. <laughs> or maybe it'll be the 100 year and they'll be like, I don't know. Fucking, will we have Oreos in 100 years? I don't know. Oreos are forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably they'll last yeah. that long. Well, we'll have the reunion show then and uh, we'll talk about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we'll, years? we'll still be doing salad in fucking 2069. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll be 70. It's fine. Um, oh so old but um speaking of old i think something that's an interesting concept is how even the youngest of children um can feel the age of that stress brings to them especially in youth sports and um it's uh it's a very complex thing and i think it's maybe something a lot of people don't know about it um but there's so much. I wouldn't say so. I mean, I don't. I don't. Yeah, know exactly. Yeah, that's what. Personally. That's what I mean. Is like I feel like a lot of people don't realize that it's an issue because it's like, oh, they're just kids playing sports. But um, I think uh, ESPN and Arnold Worldwide um, saw this study from a place called the Aspen Institute, and um, the study said that um, you know whether it's due to attempts to position themselves for scholarships or essentially having competitive parents try and live through their, their children, whether intentionally or unintentionally, uh, most children, especially in sports at any level of competition are being set up to fail, which is resulting in more children ages six to 12 dropping out of organized youth sports altogether. Um, and so it's this really cool spot that addresses burnout and other issues of overtraining and injuries and demoralization uh, pretty head-on where they have a press conference of a kid retiring from sports um and it's like a 60 second spot uh and it kind of calls out parents and family members who you know may who the child says they thought were helping you know by trying to give you know words of encouragement but you kind of realize by how he's talking that there's so many different conflicting ways like you know just relax keep it loose no put your head down and work you know try this or you really need to want it like all these different things that's like these are little kids that like people are living through unfortunately and it, it causes a lot of issues and i thought it was a really cool spot um it it 
it leads to a, you know, you want people to ask, am I part of the problem, essentially, uh, as said by Icaro Doria, uh, chief creative officer at Arnold. And it leads to a hashtag don't retire kid uh, social media campaign um, and Project Play's website. And it, it allows parents and others to find resources to like navigate the environment of having a child athlete in youth sports in general. And what's cool is they recorded um, some like vignettes to with athletes like Kobe Bryant, Wayne Gretzky, Sue Bird, and others um, to talk about the importance of youth sports. So it can kind of help parents see the benefits of it, but also how to navigate it because you want the best for your kids. But unfortunately, you know, you can push them too hard, especially when they're younger. And especially at a young age, it should just be about having mm-hmm. fun. Um, so I wanted to share that out there with all of you. It's an interesting thing to think about. And I want to hear your thoughts, Zach and Cole. Forget, did, did either of you play sports at all growing up? Like, did you ever experience any of this? Or I know, Zach, your brother plays yeah. basketball, right? Yeah, my brother uh, is still playing basketball in college right now. And I played uh, baseball until my junior year until I realized I was like not yeah. the best. <laughs> and then I decided <laughs> and then I decided to start acting instead. So I switched over to theater. So big change for me. Uh, but in terms of this, this spot and this like yes, high school literally musical. like high school music. I'm Troy Bolton, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> Except not as good. He was good at basketball. I was terrible at baseball. I was like the 15th kid okay, on the field. This is no one, no one knows. We can say whatever we want. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, but, you can reimagine um, that. It can be whatever. In all seriousness, this is a <laughs> this is a serious issue. I remember seeing an article. Uh, gosh, maybe it was like uh, a month ago, two months ago. It was right after the summer league had started for the NBA and, and Zion Williamson had gotten hurt. He's like strained his knee or whatever. Like on like, one, yeah. Right? On like his first day in like the NBA cool. summer league. And it was talking about the fact that we've created this culture, uh, that puts so much emphasis on training to be the absolute best. You got to work your ass off to get to the league, uh, that it's really. Hey Cole, can you hear me? I can hear you, but Zach cut out like yeah. 10 seconds ago. Yeah. Yeah. Zach, Zach, we can't hear you. I don't know if he can hear us. Okay. I can hear everyone. Yes, we do. That was oh. what happened. That was All awesome. right. We are back. We had a, a little bit of a short audio hiccup there. If this is the first thing you're hearing, well, welcome to Salad. I hope it's not the first thing you're hearing. <laughs> um, <laughs> that means we had some issues go wrong with audio. And thanks to the efforts of a heroic three, we were able to figure that out. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, so Zach, you were talking about, um, you were reading an article about Zion and how yes. he injured his knee right before, or right in his first game, I think, right when he just started in the NBA mm-hmm. in the summer league. And you're talking about an article that a- outlined the strain, both mentally and physically, that we put on athletes as a society because of these expectations yes. to go pro. Um, yeah. Um, and it's just, we've sort of created this culture where uh, hard work is is valued. And that's not a bad thing, but it's led to to kind of overworking. Um, and a lot of these children, because of social media per se, or because of the competitiveness of the leagues and the fact that they're all trying to make it, uh, they've been pushing themselves and playing way more than they probably should for what's healthy for them at the age that they're at. And it's causing them to, to kind of deteriorate before they even get to that level, before they even reach that goal that they're trying to get to, which is ultimately the NBA or the NFL or NHL, whatever it is, whatever sport you're playing in. And Part of that problem is is what this PSA is referencing is the fact that it starts with the parents that are trying to live vicariously through their kids. It starts with the leagues that are getting way too competitive for their own good. Uh, and these are the types of things that are causing this issue. And, and, and it's really just getting worse and worse. And we, we kind of need to do something about it and quickly. Otherwise, we're going to have a bunch of kids who are getting injured by the time they get to their their pro level status and then their career is over and they worked so, so hard to get there. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of what this is confronting, which is I think a very necessary PSA. So I'm really glad that we're seeing it. I'm really glad that someone is, is, uh, calling yeah, it out. There's, um, and this is like more with like a 20 year old as well. So like, it, I think it, it shows what can lead up to, you know what I mean? That when you're older, but I remember mm-hmm. even with the Broncos, um, there was a running back Monte ball, who 
was like a high draft pick of ours and we're all super excited about him. I think he like, I could be wrong on this, so don't, don't hold me to it, but I think he broke or came near to breaking Barry Sanders college touchdown record. Um, super highly valued. He ended up staying all four years in college. And for those of you who don't follow football or know much about it, running backs are like the most deteriorated players. They only really have a good career of like a few years because they're just getting, essentially they're in car crashes every play. They're either blocking a defensive player or they're running through and getting tackled and they just get worn down. And he lost a lot of his speed because he played so much in college and in interviews he talked about how he wished that he had left earlier to the NFL and didn't really put his body through so much early on because by the time he got to the NFL, he couldn't even do anything and ended up actually kind of mm-hmm. subcoming to alcoholism, got arrested for a bit and had some issues they had to work through, which, you know, it just like, it's interesting. Like there's a huge physical strain. And I think a lot of people know about that, but it doesn't really talk about the mental strain too, of like, we praise people for being like, doing something that no one else can. And then how do they feel about themselves? if that's their identity as someone who can do physical things that no one else can. And then once they're not able to do that anymore too, you know, there's a lot of issues with that as well. So it's interesting. If you think about it there, like that starts as a kid and it's cool to see a PSA called out. Um, But Cole, like I know you mentioned, you didn't really realize that this Mm -hmm. was a thing. And I'm curious to evaluate the effectiveness of the PSA and the advertising behind it from Arnold worldwide. What were your initial thoughts on it as someone who was kind of unaware of it? And like, did it make you feel like you wanted to learn more and wanted to get involved and take some action if you were able to, or what were your, like, how did it make you feel? Yeah. So, um, I think as you said, Trent, you know, I hadn't really had a lot of experience coming into the issue. Like I hadn't run any of these articles before. I knew that it had been kind of a problem. And I mean, it's things that you see. The first thing that I thought when I saw it was three words, uh, big baller brand. Oh my God. So I, uh, you know, it's exactly. And, you know, we're talking about, you know, parents living through their kids and pushing them to do things that maybe their kids didn't even want to do. I mean, I think the balls want to play basketball, but Point being, you know, it's, you know, pushing kids to do things that they don't really want to do and then putting them in a position, as you said, Trent, later in life where that can kind of become a problem. And um, so personally, I played, um, I mostly ran in high school and stuff. I ran and played tennis. Um, I wasn't super, I I didn't feel like an intense pressure necessarily to uh, succeed. Obviously, I wanted to win, but, um, you know, I wasn't being like pressured from my parents in any sort of way like that. But, you know, I do have uh, friends that went on from high school to go play college sports. In fact, one of my best friends ended up playing uh, soccer for a D1 school. Yeah. Um, And, I know even for him, you know, he was on the school he was going to was a very nice school and he was on about an 85% scholarship for it. And, you know, you hear about that. And then for him, that pressure that he has to succeed, I remember even his junior year, you know, he was having yeah. knee problems and that was a big worry for him. And it, and it, you know, if it kept, kept him out, you know, it could possibly keep him away from his scholarship. It could keep him from playing. And so, I mean, you're even seeing that sort of culture being, you know, started, you know, in the college level, obviously high school level, it all kind of builds up from there. And, you know, Mm -hmm. we, what you don't want to have happen is, you know, kids that feel like they've spent all their time working for something that then didn't give back to them or that left them leaving, you know, kind of empty almost. And that's kind of the feeling I think you get from this ad. And I think that that's kind of the thing that they captured best is kind of the feeling. I mean, I guess I don't know exactly, but that possible feeling from that athlete or from that child that, you know, is doing something that they don't really feel like they want to do. And now has, you know, kind yeah. of sacrificed a big part yeah, of their completely. life to do so. So, yeah. yeah, I can definitely see it. it seems important and it definitely resonated for me, especially after two of the things that you guys had said, I think maybe a stat at the end of this, um, you know, maybe in relation to mm-hmm. kids getting injured at a higher yeah. rate, kids yeah. being have to That's push themselves, point. I think really would have driven it home. But um, see, cool. I like that you say that because, like, I feel like Zach and I watch it and we're just like, oh, yep, I get it. But that's a good point. Like, I feel like it could have been so much more powerful if they just included a statistic from the study and, like, superimposed over the kid in the press conference. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because even after, like, the first thing that I said to you guys after I watched this, I was like, I didn't realize that this was such a big issue, like, right now, or like that this was like a pressing 
thing just because, I mean, obviously the Zion thing, I heard about that and everything like that, but it just wasn't at the forefront. Mm-hmm. So I think that maybe yeah, that yeah, extra push of awareness oh, would, have, would have gone a, a my, little way. It was good. My uh, my favorite thing about this too, though, is is it's attention getting because you see this this child literally retiring from sports. But I think the thing that, that doesn't make it really effective, especially for like the athletes themselves, uh, students and kids that are in this position is the fact that it does link out yeah. to the site that then has uh, testimony or, or just words of advice from their heroes. You know what I mean? From Kobe Bryant, Sue Bird, these people that these athletes are looking up to. Uh, the fact that they're getting behind this too makes it really an effective piece for the actual athletes who would be wanting to be in the shoes that those people were in. Uh, hearing them talk about the fact that they need to take care of themselves, that they need to not overwork themselves at a young age if they really want to get there, and that it's okay not to do that is, I think, very beneficial for them. And I think that'll actually help give the actual athletes How much empowers them the confidence to maybe themselves. you know take a day off. Yeah. It, yeah. It's if they, if they're like, Hey, I'm not feeling up to it today. I want to, I want to relax. I don't, I'm not going to go practice again. I'm not going to shoot 500 more shots before I eat dinner, whatever, it, you know what I mean? Whatever it is, like it gives them the power to say not today uh, because they realize that you don't necessarily have to do that every single day. Yeah, exactly. And, That's a good point. and I think it's cool too. I mean, this whole topic can ladder out to so many different things in society. I mean, even with education. Um, but I think with sports too, like I know people that mm-hmm. the amount of pressure they receive from their parents to, to find success in this field is insane and it can really hamper a person's growth. So I think it's cool to talk mm-hmm. about. I think the other thing too, that we want to keep into account is this is a social media campaign thing. Um, and, and, and being digital, it, I think maybe they have a little, they felt like they had a little bit more leeway to be able to say, Hey, here's the YouTube video. We posted this on Twitter. Here's the links out to these things. And they're able to provide additional commentary in that way. Um, but I think people will find that video not aware of the Twitter mm-hmm. campaign. So I think having that statistic in there would still be helpful. Um, and you know, it's, it's definitely mm-hmm. not uh, definitely you know definitely would be awesome uh, the it's not a campaign to sleep on and i think it is important to take rest no matter what you're doing out there always give yourself a break because you're not going to be effective if you keep running yourself down um i think we can all three of us speak to that very personally um <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> definitely yeah even if it doesn't relate to sports i'd say yeah, make sure that what and, you're doing um, makes you happy <laughs> exactly and and, and something that, that makes me happy hard. i don't know about you you two uh transitioning to a lighter note here um is you know just sitting down after a long mm-hmm. day popping open the cold beer maybe it's a stella artois maybe it's uh oh. a kona big wave um <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know, and then just watching some Netflix. But you know what sucks about Netflix is that you have to pay for your subscription service. Um, and, you know, sometimes I just wish mm-hmm. that, you know, I could just cheat on Netflix. You know what I mean? Um, and that is that is what, <laughs> that is exactly what Tubi thought too. Um, <laughs> Tubi is a free streaming service that apparently started a few years ago. I had never heard about it, but now I'm tempted to I had never heard it. about it either. <laughs> yeah. They have an out-of-home campaign. I'm a 2B mogul. Ooh, there you Love go. You. It's uh, it's in New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, and Detroit, the ad campaign that is. It's an out-of-home that essentially is um, using you know cheating and threesomes and all that kind of stuff to uh, <laughs> allow people to feel comfortable with maybe leaving Netflix for a little bit it's not like you have to get rid of them but you you can use you, you can see other people them. yeah you just have to cheat on them that's all you have to a, do it's an open relationship with Come technology on. and streaming um, so I'll read you some of the billboards here um, these are giant billboards in New York City and other major cities just for reference um, so imagine it on like a giant skyscraper and it's lit up and it just says, Dear Netflix, I had my first freesome last night. Tubi was amazing. Or Dear NYC, you free tonight? Because we are. <laughs> um, and another one was um, Dear Hulu, I was with Tubi last night, but I only watched. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're pretty good. <laughs> um 
I think it lands on an important point that I've been complaining about, maybe not on this podcast. Actually, I think I had like a mini rant about it a while back, but like there are too many freaking streaming services coming out trying to make you pay for things. And it's like, I'm not going to pay for so many different subscriptions, especially when they're all five to $15 a piece. That's just kind of ridiculous. Um, I think it makes a point for uh, free options, which is probably why Hulu's free option is so popular. Um, this, you know, the, the ad video on demand. Uh, but Zach, I'm curious for your thoughts on the writing and creative and Cole, I'm just curious for your thoughts as well. What do y'all think? <laughs> oh boy. Um, are you down to get free with Tubi? Oh yeah. This campaign makes me very happy. This uh, is what gets me excited about advertising. Yes. No, in all seriousness, um, we talk about it all the time in this podcast. We all three of us love out of home uh, because it's just one of those mediums where you don't have a lot of space and a lot of time, but you can make a huge impact. Uh, and this does that exactly. Yeah. Uh, these billboards are very simple. They're copy driven. So that's another reason I really like them. It's just these headlines. And all three of these lines uh, are awesome. Like it's it's honestly maybe one of my favorite campaigns that I've seen for sure this year and, and probably in the last few years from a writing standpoint, um, just because they're one, they're fun. They are unapologetic and they were unafraid to take a little bit of a risk with, you know, the innuendos. And it's also just a refreshing piece of comedy. And I feel like we haven't seen really great comedy done in a while on billboards as much recently. Yeah. At least that's just my opinion. And so it was nice mm-hmm. to see someone take a stab at it and and just come up with something that was really fun. And also, in my opinion, a good insight and a, and a nice approach to to getting people to try it out. You don't necessarily have to switch over. They're not trying to grab your attention forever. They're not trying to make you delete Netflix and stop paying for it. They're just saying, hey, why don't you cheat on Netflix for a night? Come see what we're all about. Uh, and saying it in a fun and captivating way, I think, is is awesome. So I really, really like them. Um, they made me smile the second I saw them. And I wish I could see them in person. Because <laughs> um, I'm a nerd. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, hey, well, come, out to, come out to the coast. We'll hang a bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I need to. <laughs> uh, my question is, is this uh, to be the ad of the year? I don't know. Oh, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Uh, so far, I will, for out of home, I, it might be my favorite. So, yes. That and the uh, uh-huh. shoe. And especially when they could they could have gone for the low-hanging fruit and they could have just said Tubi or not Tubi. <laughs> so they could have just done that. TV so I appreciate the creativity here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? Um, so personally, I really like these ads as well. Um, I think that the copy is, is awesome. Um, and I think it's really really fun to see uh, a really good comedic ad because I think that's something this year we kind of thought we'd be seeing a lot more of just with kind of the climate and things. We thought, you know, people would be trying to lift their spirits. And I feel like there have been some funny spots, but for the most part, I feel like most yeah, ads have been pretty serious purpose, um, you know, that we've been covering this year. Even if it doesn't seem to exactly. fit their brain. <laughs> it's like people have just doubled yeah. down on purpose. Yeah. Um, but these I really like, and I think this is kind of something we're going to be seeing a lot more is brands taking shots at Netflix mm-hmm. over the next year or so, um, because they're facing kind of trouble from all sides. I know I've talked about this before, but you know, they're losing friends in the office, uh, Apple TV plus and Disney plus are launching, uh, within the next few months and Tubi um, is kind of coming from the other side of things. So all those services that I mentioned before, those are all paid services. Um, so one thing that uh, people are kind of predicting is going to become more popular are these free-to-use services. So um, they start out where you can get most of their content for free, but then you can switch to a premium package, get better features, less ads, things like that. Um, So it's kind of more that freemium model that we were kind of used to uh, kind of when the internet was coming into being, I feel like, or really like five years ago um, with all of these games uh, on Facebook and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. And so, um, but this is kind of interesting to see this completely different company having a whole other offering. Um, And one thing that I thought was also funny is, you know, they all kind of mention free in them. Uh, You know, you free tonight because we are obviously had my first free some. Um, I I don't know. I just think it's clever and fun and uh, I'm excited to see what they do next. 
bring on the competition, man. Netflix has been reigning too supreme for too long. Well, and that's the, you, you nailed it on the head. Netflix hasn't had the competition. That's been, that's been the yeah. thing. There hasn't really been a streaming service, especially for the first few years, like the last couple of years, it's really started to pick up. But for, for Netflix's first few years of dominance, they were competing against no, well, you know, I like mean, no was even exactly, close to yeah. their level. Like, like the DVD industry in a sense, I feel like. Yeah, they no, they 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 deserve the credit they got, but they didn't face now that everyone's copying yeah. their model and starting to do the same thing. The pressure is really going to mount because they got to they built their business on the back yeah. of content from well, other that's providers. Interesting, like like huge foray to original content now. Like, I wonder is that what they double down on because they've been canceling a lot of really good shows the last year? Is it? Like, cause like that takes a lot of money to do. Like, I wonder where they go next. Is it to continue to double down on that? Or is there something new up their sleeve that they have? I mean, their personal personalization algorithms are so incredibly con, con- comprehensive and complex that they can really find out how to get everyone interested in a type of show based off of their viewing habits. Um, so it's, it's interesting. I mean, they definitely keep mm-hmm. people engaged, but like, I, it's a great point to bring up, Zach. Mm-hmm. I definitely. I think it's. I think it'll be interesting to see definitely where they go next. I mean, but I think it's gonna have. They're gonna have to keep going in on that content creation because they're gonna keep yeah. losing uh, the stuff that's not theirs. Yeah, I feel of- like as other companies create their own streaming platforms. But the cool thing is that they've already built yeah. a pretty big network of international studios as mm-hmm. well. Um, one cool thing that they do is they are, you know, they produce, we, we can now see international content, you know, we can see content from all different parts of the world because they're producing it in so many different places. Um, but I think what honestly, and I mean, I know it kind of had mixed success, but I would love to see where they can go further with things like, uh, I don't know if you guys saw black mirror bandersnatch, um, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. The interactive stuff, because like, again, um, and two, the personalization has to be it too. Because I don't know about you guys, I feel like yeah, Netflix definitely has the so. best interface like Hulu, of any you know, streaming mm. service by far. And uh, yeah, yeah, and and but and two, the way that they you know change the cards out based on you know practically your mood, what you watched recently. Um, you know, their again, their personalization is so intense. So the other companies are going to take some time to catch up, but they also have more money than Netflix, so you know we'll see what happens but um hopefully they can keep differentiating maybe find somewhere in that interactive space to kind of uh, stand out more there was an article i read as like a side note um but, uh, i'm trying to find it on adweek really quick I, I, it was written by michael horn chief data officer at huge um and i think it, it talked about kind of stuff that that netflix is doing too Um, where if you're evaluating, um, marketing, um, based off of, and I'm just kind of reading off the top of my head here right now, but it was like, if you're using emotion AI technology to like pick up moods and different things like that and how people are feeling and tailoring stuff based off of that, there's interesting, like he, he compared it to like a nuclear power and you have to be like responsible in how you define and use it because like you can use it for such good or you can use it for really bad stuff. And like you can really just influence people like to no end. And it's an interesting thing. It's cool to see it, how Netflix is using it. And it's, you know, it's, it's interesting because it's like (laughs) you can inspire or demotivate people pretty quickly. And it's kind of a cool thing to, to see and interesting thing to talk about. I don't know. It's just an interesting field in general. This is very rambling, but yeah. Mm, It's kind of like the whole thing with Facebook recently. What is it? Dark prompts or something like that? Whatever that issue is where it's uh, because you know, that government gets slapped a $5 billion fine on Facebook for doing something similar to this is like dark influence. I I forget what that actual term is, but basically just, you know, when, you know, a a website asks you five different times, do you really want to cancel this? And then, you know, puts you down another rabbit hole and makes it really difficult. Basically using things like that in order to, yes, dark prompts, I believe, or something similar to that. So yeah, interesting. It's a nuclear power though. I agree, Trent. 
Yeah, right. It's like, and the thing is too, is like you make those in a lab and you test them and stuff, but then when you apply them to people, like in the real world, it's like, you know, like if you can sense someone's frustration or their boredom or their joy, like you can make something more relevant, but then like you can really you have a lot of control over that. And I think he, he kind of had a couple points. I was like, you really need to give a voice to the end user to make them aware of what it's being used and how it affects them. And you need to have, you know, people from different backgrounds to test it out and think about it. And, you know, you want to be continue to be open about it, but it's kind of cool with Netflix. It doesn't so much matter because it's like, you know, you've, you're advertising in the sense of you've got a different cover image based off of what people feel. And it, it's one of those little things that just helps people find it. But you think about like Amazon stores, right? When those are finally a thing and you don't, you know, all those test concepts, like if they use that tech in there, it's like, it's interesting. It's cool. That's just a total tangent, but definitely encourage y'all to check that out. Um, it was up on Adweek five days ago okay. using emotion AI to spark a new type of brand experience. Um, it's pretty cool. It's an interesting read. Huge does a lot of huge is an ad agency that's global by the way if you haven't heard of them um i believe their home office is in brooklyn they're very huge, they're huge. um allison mccarty who was on her show uh, a few weeks back huge. was uh from huge, huge most recently and um they do a lot of cool stuff with tech and advertising they're definitely one of the few agencies i feel like is truly at the intersection of that and uh definitely encourage you to to check that stuff out uh, you can even subscribe to their newsletter magenta and learn a lot of stuff on there too um also subscribe to madness trends www.madnesstrends.com yeah so we've rambled we've rambled a little bit we went a little bit off topic but i hope you enjoyed going there with us and um i think we've talked about wanting to see funnier stuff and all that you know and and granted the free some ads were amazing um love those and um i think First off, Zach and Cole, I have a quick question for you on those. And then I'm going to get into something that's equally pretty funny um, that I think uh, all of our listeners are a match for. Um, But really quick, doing something that controversial, obviously the ads got put up. I don't think it would bother anyone. Maybe I have a different perspective. Like, I think you see that and it's funny. But like, is there what is the risk for a brand, especially one that's not established doing something like that where you're making like sexual innuendos like that on mass billboards like is it more feasible to do because not as many people know about them so it's not like there can be as great of a backlash or is it even harder to do because it can turn people off from it right away potentially uh i definitely think it's easier for them to do uh this is one of those things where your back's up against the wall you're the underdog uh not as many people know about you and so generating buzz is the number one priority. Uh, I'm on your side and I think a lot of people would be as well, Trent, that it's not necessarily offensive. And I don't think it will be to a lot of people just because of the the fun playfulness of the colors, the fun playfulness of, you know, rhyming off of free and kind of how that relates to what the service actually is. Um, but I think yeah. that regardless of that, when you are that underdog, when you are that smaller brand that come from behind brand, uh, you can kind of take those risks and, and even it's almost more acceptable when you're, when you're a smaller brand, you almost get more of that. Like any publicity is good publicity vibes, uh, because in a sense it kind of is at least more so than it would be for a giant mega corporation who already has a huge presence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. To bring up. Yeah, I feel like uh, internet culture and kind of, uh, you know, a lot of these different things have made it easier to make maybe edgier jokes like that. Um, But I think a a lot of it is to Zach's point. I mean, we've seen kind of like, you know, edgy sexual marketing for a long time. I mean, in some ways, I think just because it was so much more overt in the past. I mean, you know, like bikinis and, you know, Carl's Jr., for example. But, um, you know, (laughs) but at the same time, I think, um, you know, now there's a little bit more maybe humor involved. It's a little bit more uh, smarter, a little bit smarter. I think, too, um, I don't know, maybe I don't know, maybe culture is built more around, you know, quick biting captions. Uh, Maybe Twitter has conditioned us to respond better to, you know, brief, quick, uh, you know, just jokes like that I, I i'm not sure but um yeah you know i think i think we're probably gonna keep seeing stuff mm-hmm. like this I'd imagine. 
That's an interesting. I hope we do. I hope we do. Yeah, that's an interesting point. It's it's related and it's not related, but there's a fascinating battle going on with certain like um, I mean, I guess you call it what it is, like sex toy brands or any kind of sexual yeah. product brands and like advertisers. Like I don't know if either of you have been following like what's CES. going on with the, the MTA mm. in New York. Oh, yeah. even at CES, yeah, that was a big thing. Yeah, um, but even like billboards and, and advertising in New York, and especially the subway stations, some things, like like Hims, was like a, a brand or is a brand for like like essentially when Viagra became generic, Hims started selling generic Viagra and other stuff like that, and they had like overt ads in subways and around New York that were literally like phallic like plants and stuff, mm-hmm. but then like. Some brands, especially typically female-oriented uh, brands, too, get shut down a lot more quickly for um, violating certain advertising guidelines. Mm-hmm. But you learn that there's not really a specific guideline, and it's just a gut kind of thing, which leads to really inconsistent and unrepresentative advertising options. So there's an interesting battle where a couple of brands are suing um, a lot of the advertising authorities in New York right now over that stuff. And it's interesting to see how, like... I think those are more risky because it's like over imagery and stuff, but like, you know, even stuff like this, it's like interesting to see what can and can't go through. And I think it's, I think as culture changes too, and people become more okay with this to your point, Cole, you can realize that there are a lot of laws that are outdated and like, it's interesting to see how advertising interacts with that. And you have to kind of update, you know what I mean? And move things a little bit uh, differently. Mm -hmm. And I think to your point on that stuff, especially with like the sex toy stuff, I think it almost is like part of society becoming like quote unquote woker, you know, so to speak. And just, I know, right. There you go. I did it. But, um, you know, I feel like we're just becoming more accepting of things uh, like that, but it it has been a really big issue with social platforms, especially because like you said, Trent, yeah, those, a lot of times those, uh, those ads get flagged or they aren't able to run. Um, or, you know, things happen, uh, a lot more easily. And it tends to be the female, Mm -hmm. you know, branded sex toys that are, uh, that face much more of the scrutiny. And I mean, it even goes as far as, you know, moderation, as far as content as well. Um, you know, versus, you know, male nudity versus female nudity and kind of different things in that different, uh, kind of barriers uh, to that and yeah. uh, it has become an issue and it's it's a hard line for publishers especially to walk on uh, social platforms yeah definitely and i think you know in a similar sense um we're gonna go into match.com ads <laughs> um <laughs> I'll let you make that connection there um uh, 72 and sunny um great agency great great agency um <laughs> They came out with the new ads for uh, Match.com with Rebel Wilson. And it's kind of relevant to us because we do a podcast and they essentially put Rebel Wilson in a podcast booth uh, and kind of had her riff off some stuff. And it's pretty interesting. They, they had, they used statistics about dating that are kind of shitty to show like Rebel Wilson complaining about the dating environment that we live in. But she kind of talks herself into like always kind of wanting to get back into it and like looking for an actual relationship and, and continuing to believe in love and all that. And I think it's match.com's trying to make themselves a little bit more, relatable especially to a younger audience it seems like and um it's you know it's the campaign is called let's make love um and uh, rebel wilson talks about having a heart on with love you know (laughs) a-r-t um there's some pretty funny writing and it's interesting to see them back it up with different stats um you know, to quote, to quote the creative director at 72, uh, people are ready to make love, but like actual love, we just needed a way to talk about this timeless topic that wasn't cheesy or sappy. Uh, so according to Adweek, it balances modern sentiments about dating with the eternal true quest for love, avoiding leaning too heavily on either aspect. Um, so it's cool to see a brand give uh, a voice to different challenges that daters face. Uh, one of them, I feel like I shouldn't have to say this, but one of them talked about how 45% of single people have received a nude dick pic, which if you're a guy out there listening, just, just don't do it. <laughs> just don't do it. Um, shouldn't have to say that, it. but I am. So yeah, I'm curious yes. for what y'all think about that. It's, um, I don't know. It's kind of funny to see Rebel Wilson in a commercial. I don't know if I've really seen that before, but I liked it. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, this ties so well into what we were just talking about. I love the segue and I love that we're talking about both of these back to back. Um, 
I thought they were they were very funny. Uh, another another line that stuck in my head just to to give more context. Uh, they talked about nut milk <laughs> at one yeah. point. Uh, Rebel Wilson mentions nut milk so it just kind of gives you the perspective and, and kind of the voice that they're going for they're really playing heavy into the innuendos again and they're really talking about some of these things that um may have been taboo in the past uh and i think it was definitely from a from a branding standpoint and from a voice standpoint for match.com it is a large shift from what I've heard of match.com doing in the past. I remember those like match.com ads that you'd see on TV where it would just be like two people out to dinner and it'd talk about their like 27 points of connection or whatever it was. You know what I mean? They used to have all those different points of connection and that's why they had more relationships that lasted longer and blah, 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 yada, yada. People stay together forever. Uh, This to me is a better space for them to play in because I think what they started to realize is, yeah, that stuff's great, but a lot of people aren't finding that a lot of people are using these dating services and they're not getting that satisfaction that they were promising. And so their advertising wasn't as truthful as I think they had hoped it it could be. They were using a lot of these people that were married forever, blah, 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 and highlighting them. But that wasn't necessarily the majority of what was happening. I don't know if that's true. Yeah, it makes it feel unattainable because it like doesn't recognize the amount of failed dates you'll go on on exactly that and it's just i like i said i don't have the data to back it up but just from the dating landscape that i've experienced and just kind of what i've heard from other people and kind of what we've seen in the media and everything that seems to be the general feeling and the common thread amongst people who are in the dating sphere now uh it's obviously changed as culture has changed we've gotten more okay with hookups and one night stands than we used to be and, and it's not necessarily just about finding the love of your life right away, there's going to be ups and downs. And I think that's what this talks about, as you were saying, it sort of balances that uh, eternal quest for love with some of the dating challenges of today. And so it's a really, to me, it's a, it's a cool place for them to play in. Um, Cole, I'll let you talk about this because you had brought it up first, but I'm curious to see their demographic and if this will resonate with them. Cause I know you had kind of touched on that and, and that kind of yeah. is interesting. And really quick too, like before you jump in Cole, just cause you called this out, Zach, it's interesting to see too, like the juxtapositions that go on in this, in these spots, because it almost feels like rebel is like the everyday person. You really find it relatable. Cause she's like, Oh yeah, I'm not looking for anything too serious. And you know, just, just want to <laughs> doing her accent, you know, <laughs> it was like, I just found myself in it. It probably wasn't good. Um, and, and then like, as she's saying, she's like, okay, with hooking up and isn't looking for anything serious. She like groans and like throws her head down. And then like on the screen, it pops up nine, only 9% of people are actually looking for a non-committal, non-serious relationship. Yes. And, yeah. uh, and so it's just it's like, interesting. That's true. Cause everyone's like, oh yeah, I'm all, you know, I don't care. You know, whatever will get me on the date. Like, and it's like, no, no, just <laughs> stand by what you want. More people are like you than you realize. Um, but Cole, yeah. What are, what are your thoughts? <laughs> mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Um, I mean, my first thought, I, I saw this ad and I kept, I heard the eHarmony like a uh, song theme song from their old commercials in my head. Um, I don't know if you guys remember that. This will be <laughs> the only thing I know world. about eHarmony is that it's featured heavily in Walter oh. Mitty, which is a great movie by the way. But that's, admittedly, that's I the see, extent. I see. My knowledge of- this will be everlasting <laughs> love. I don't know. I spent a lot of time with my grandparents. Me, that's why I saw these ads. But anyway, um, that was growing up. This is Just now. And now, you know, I was curious because at my, I saw these ads at my grandparents' place before, and I know that eHarmony isn't match, but you know they're kind of similar-ish. And so I was curious about the age demographics mm-hmm. of your average person on match. Just because Rebel Wilson, I feel like yeah. kind of skews a little younger. So um, I did look, and so 48.6% of people on Match.com are between the ages of 30 and 49, Hmm. Um, and only about 25% are under the age of 30. Hmm. So 
So it is a little bit of an older demographic. So maybe this is Match trying to move and take some space away from yeah. Tinder or something like that, where you know people obviously have been feeling dissatisfied for a while. Um, because, you know, Match is a little bit seemingly less about the hookup culture. So maybe as us millennials are aging up a little bit, uh, those single uh, those single of us are, you know, maybe moving to a more mature dating app. Um, so, yeah. you know, maybe that's just kind of the move in that direction. Um, but again, too, it was nice to see another funny ad. Um, you know, Rebel Wilson, great comedian. You know, she's pretty funny. And I mean, again, it, it did kind of feel like she was just like riffing in the booth. <laughs> riffing um, just in kind the of throwing booth. jokes out left and right. Oh, I know a lot of uh, just throwing I'll it tell down. You what, throwing it, down. it made me question our podcast viability because I was like, oh, Rebel's doing it for 30 seconds and it's already better. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> know, right? yeah. When are we going to get her, I would gonna get her on this, this pod? Um, yeah, Rebel. <laughs> yeah, you heard my impression of you. It's obviously great. You can come come praise me for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Uh, see the innovation in this space, though. Like you think about yeah. two years ago or a year ago, Hinge and um, um, I forget the name. Zach, who's the guy in New York we love that does the sassy stuff? That does the what stuff? sassy stuff about other agencies um uh shoot jerry graf jerry graf barton f graf barton f graf yep there we go that barton f graf did for hinge where it was giant you know murals on walls and neighborhoods and stuff about like like more relatable stories of dating and then we had wyden kennedy and ok cupid did their uh dtf ads mm-hmm. which were more about like down to French or down to like frolic, you know, or down to do all these other things that weren't sex Mm -hmm. and like having match now to do this. It's kind of cool to see while Tinder has just gained this symbol of being a hookup app. It's cool to see how other more established, almost legacy brands in a way now have responded and are are identifying this new niche. Uh, It's or not even a niche, the the new majority. It's interesting. It's kind of cool to see the innovation. To me, what the what the most interesting part is or the, the most special part about all that is they're, they're becoming less afraid. All of those other yeah. brands used to view that as a taboo. Like we were saying, they wouldn't even talk about it. And what we're seeing with the DTF, you know, the reference to uh, sex and, and just with this and how it's talking about hookups versus long-term love uh, we're seeing that all of these brands are no longer afraid to bring up these issues, afraid to talk about the fact that these are, that these are real problems and that, yeah, both of these, both sides of this story do happen in real life. And and it's just a more real approach. You know, it's just a much more real, honest look at what dating in today's world is actually like. And I think that's a great thing for advertising one for their advertising in particular, because it's obviously a more truthful look at their app and what goes on on it, but just for the greater landscape and society as a whole, seeing more brands advertise in a way that is more truthful and more reflective of what's actually happening in society is is a step in the right direction yeah there's something encouraging about feeling like you have the brand on your side like it's a very vulnerable thing to put yourself on a dating app or a dating service of any kind and if you can feel like that platform is supportive and understands that there will be hardships but is really encouraging to push through that anyway like i feel like that's a pretty cool stance for a brand to take actually um, you mm-hmm. now that you phrased it like that, I hadn't thought about that, but that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's I yeah. I also love that thing that you said, Zach, about you know brands responding to things happening in society and frustrations in society too, because there's a lot of power there. You know, when people are you know feeling like they're looking for love, but no one's you know providing mm-hmm. it for them. Because I feel like now there's so many brands, especially tech brands, that are quick to promise the world. You know, quick to promise, you know, whatever it may be, whether it's, you know, and I don't know, like a not Hello Fresh, you know, is going to deliver your food or Casper is going to give you the best night's sleep you ever had or yada, yada, yada. I will say Casper mattresses are pretty <laughs> freaking amazing. But besides that, they're leaving a lot of people feeling high and dry yeah. and dissatisfied, it seems. So maybe match can capitalize. And Hey, I think rebel Wilson though, was a yeah. great pick for this. Um, I saw the, uh, that movie that she was in on Valentine's day. It's actually kind Dude, of, it was so good. I was, yeah, I was, I was impressed. So, it, I mean, yeah, it was, it was um, something about love, something about love. Yeah. 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 
I love that movie. <laughs> Any yeah. side note, yeah. <laughs> Sucker for a good rom com. <laughs> There you go. Showing, yeah, showing my 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 sensitive side here. Um, it was good. Yeah, it, some, the movie, the ads were great too. Well, hey, almost as good as that cat's trailer she was oh. in. So, oh my yeah. good <laughs> We haven't talked about that. Have we? <laughs> we haven't. I don't know if any of you listening haven't seen the cat's trailer. I say haven't because I just assume that you have by this point. But Disney's wild in with these live action movies, man. The animators for Lion King. No, this is universal. This is this universal. Is universal oh, well, that doesn't excuse yeah, the fact yeah, that the original yeah. animators for Lion King have called out Disney for having a terrible animation for the live action. <laughs> but wow, did they actually? I didn't hear that. That was a big thing this weekend. Um, but uh, regardless, even Universal, like let's chill on the live action. Just because we can doesn't mean we should. Just because we can doesn't like, mean we should. I'm going to quote Michael Scott from The Office. And say, you know, that brands need to have the perspective of, I wish I could, but I can't. Well, can, but won't. Should maybe, but shorn't. Like, what part of shorts don't you understand, <laughs> brands? Like, or like Hollywood, rather, not brands. Um, ah, God, that Cats movie just is stuff of nightmares. And uh, the, the way, oh, uh, yeah. We've talked about this, Cole. The way that it's just weird. It's just weird. <laughs> uh it's okay it's a great show though and i don't know i mean if you think uh if you think that you were a match with this this episode of salad i do encourage you to follow along on instagram and twitter with us got zach writing some pretty funny stuff on twitter trying to engage with people like the bud knight and others and you know you can help us out along yeah it's because he's he's too busy eating pasta he's probably still at at that restaurant please respond Um, yeah <laughs> if you know the bud night give us a shout out um and you know following along on instagram where you get to see some behind the scenes ramblings from me as we're recording and get to see new content up there and yeah i think uh that kind of does it for this week unless you have anything else either of you want to talk about but um excited to be back recording it's been good cole and i are both wrapping up the end of our internships excited to maybe you know talk about what's next in our futures as we find out and um share that with all of you and i think next week we'll probably be doing a little bit of a deep dive into um interviewing questions to ask job hunt advice and everything for you as all of you finish up your internships out there if you're listening or are leaving an internship or waiting to go back to school and excited to pursue uh your career down the line um and i think it's good for you know those of you just starting out as well so excited to have that there um and uh, you should uh, tune in next week uh, Thursdays as always at 6am PST now uh, this is a goodbye for me today Trent signing off I'm about to go eat another moon Oreo <laughs> and uh, yeah you all have a great night don't forget to <laughs> sign up for madness Thank you. yeah mm-hmm. and have yourself an adtastic week there we go well done everybody alright another one in the books <laughs> <laughs>